Greetings from Polymancer. Welcome to Episode 8 of the DiceCast. We hope that you enjoy it. Episode 8, Polygraph Volume 1, Issue 2, featuring an interview with John Norman. Welcome to DiceCast. In this episode, we will be talking about our new issue of Polygraph, Volume 1, Issue 2, which is out now. Polygraph is a quarterly anthology of adventure fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, pulp, thriller, all kinds of good stuff. Now, this new issue has some interesting stories. Let's go over them here. We've got, for those of you who are interested in the, some of the inspiration for a fantasy, The Whales at World's End, another part of that story. That's right. We have three more chapters of The Well at the World's End by William Morris. It's a classic fantasy tale, very foundational and influential on the fantasy genre as a whole. This will be followed by Visitors, a horror story by Anne Michaud. It's a great horror story full of, like, all sorts of very, very scary imagery, the sort of thing that definitely could keep you up at night. Also followed by Road to Corinth, which is a high fantasy short story that was included in there. It's by Karen Gallant, and it's a great story about a band of adventurers who... Adventure. Yeah, who do what adventurers do. Next we have Grounded, which is a science fiction story. I'd say it's a more hardcore science fiction story by Wes Weston. It's a military-themed science fiction thing, but it's very, very introspective. And Triplanetary, of course, is a continuing in this issue. Yes, we have another chapter of Triplanetary by E.E. E. Doc Smith, for those of you who are fans of Lensman out there. The Ideal, it's actually, this is very interesting. This is one of the first cyberpunk or proto-cyberpunk story that was out there, and we've got it in there. This is by Stanley Weinbaum, a very innovative science fiction writer. And yes, this story is one of the first things that laid the foundations and has some of the themes that you find in cyberpunk literature and movies to this day. Uh, we also have reviews of The Judge Dread America, which is a graphic novel. And I guess one of the most interesting things in this issue of Polygraph is an exclusive interview by John Norman. Those of you who don't know, John Norman is the author of a series of books in the Gore series. Uh, tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, so essentially the people out there who know about the Gore novels, we have an interview with John Norman. He does, what, over 30 novels of the Gore series? He's been extremely prolific. He'll be discussing in this interview what inspired him, some of his personal experience related to writing the Gore stories, and some comments, too, on, on how his Gore stories have been adapted to the screen. It's all in there in this issue of Polygraph, and you can also see snippets of it on the Script D in the Polygraph sampler. There are samplers of Volume 1, Issue 2 of Polygraph magazine available at Script D and also at Issue. The uh, links to these two sites are in the show notes, dicecast.blogspot.com. Another thing that should be said about the interview with John Norman, the Gore author, in this issue of Polygraph, is that if you have been looking around for interviews that he's done, there are very few and far between. 
He's done a couple of interviews in the last 30 years, but the polygraph interview is actually one of the few that he's done in that period. It also clocks in, if you will, at seven pages, mostly of John Norman speaking. So if you ever wanted to get the complete John Norman on John Norman with between two covers of one book, this is where you're going to find it in volume one, issue number two of Polygraph. So you can look for Polygraph on the magazine stands of your favorite bookstores. You can find Volume 1, Issue 2. We're all looking forward to putting out Volume 1, Issue 3 next quarter. You can look for an interview with Louis Royo, the famous fantasy artist who has agreed to uh, talk to us. And uh, we're very excited about publishing that. So until then, have fun and good reading. Looking for more great gaming podcasts? Check out RPGpodcast.com. Now, as a special treat, we have an interview here with Anne Michaud. She's one of the writers of one of the stories called The Visitors, which appears in Volume 1, Issue Number 2 of Polygraph. This is a horror story. This interview is relatively short, and there will be a full-length interview in Anne Michaud's first language, which is French, in another podcast that we will be announcing shortly. For this segment of the podcast, we are here with Anne Michaud. She wrote the story Visitors, which is one of the stories that appears in Volume 1, Issue 2 of Polygraph. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the show. Hey. So tell us about Visitors. Well, a friend of mine was telling me how she got three times it happens to her. She just got kind of woke up at night and there was like people in her room that were not really there. It was kind of ghosts. So my friend um, just woke up and there, was, there were ghosts in her, in her room. Okay. And she freaked out. And she was telling me about it and I was like, oh my God, and what did you do? <laughs> she was like, all I could do was scream, obviously, because you think there's people in your room, but they're not really there. And then you scream and then they don't go away. They, they so looked it, real to her. Yeah. She was laying down, like sleeping, and she woke up and there were five faces, like staring at her. And I mean, this is not the, t- the kind of girl that takes drugs or, you know, <laughs> I mean, she, it was real. She was and sober she, and this happened to her. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like around three in the morning. And you know what they say? Like around three, it's like when there's the most paranormal stuff going on. So she just woke up and there was like five faces looking at her. And she was not even like, she just kind of screamed because she wondered what they wanted. But they, they were kind of just curious. They weren't even mean. So anyway, she was telling me that. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I have to do something about this. I have to write this down. Anyway, so it just kind of evolved into visitors. So something similar happens in the story Visitors too. You're the unnamed protagonist. It's told in first person. Yeah. Uh, does have visions like these at night. Yeah. And they're a lot less benign than what happened to your friend. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. The thing is that I wanted to shock also in a way, and I wanted to feel agoraphobic. Okay. You know, because I kind of feel that when I wrote it, I kind of feel like, you know, you cannot move. Because when you go to bed, you, you think that you're safe and that you're like in a cocoon and you're protected. But I don't know. When it happened to her, she wasn't. I mean, she wasn't. They were there. They were in a room. They were like five inches from her. So that's why I wanted to make. Also, I wanted to have different kind of visitors. I wanted very, like ones that were nicer, kind of, and the one that were really mean, like the... Um, the lumberjack, for instance. Yeah, the lumberjack is kind of, ugh. yeah. 
Yeah, so I just wanted to diverse ghost. Okay, no, it's certainly very effective. And yeah, that I remember reading that and thinking, I'm a lumberjack and I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wanted to make it also that, you know, I don't know if it happens to you or people or whatever. And you know when you go to bed and you're not sure if you're sleeping and you hear a noise or you see something and you're not sure if you're sleeping or if it's a dream? And all this time you're wondering, if, it, if I'm not sleeping, it means that there's something happening around. Okay. You know, like, I don't know, like, you hear something and you're like, oh, somebody's coming into my house. But then you realize it was a dream. I don't know if it happened to you, but it happened to me a lot of times. I'm not sure if I'm dreaming or not. Yeah, that's that's that weird twilight phase. Yeah. That's when you're halfway between falling asleep and halfway between being awake. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, you're thinking and you don't know if these are conscious thoughts or if it's something else that's beyond your control. Exactly. That, that's how I got it. That's how I got visitors. That's how I thought about it. Because the girl is not really sure in a way if she's, you know, awake or not. She's not sure if they're there or not until, you know, really stuff happens to her and she can feel it like physically. Because you can, you can have a dream about, you know, people staring at you. you totally, this could happen, but, you know. Hmm. Like, uh, did anything else inspire you to write it? Like, is there are there any autobiographical elements in the story? Oh, for sure, yeah. But the thing is that I'm kind of shy to talk about it because in a world where Britney Spears, you know, shaves down there and everybody knows, when you say that you see ghosts or that you see, you know, whatever ovnis or stuff like that, people think that you're weird. So I would say that maybe I've seen some things, but then again, you know, I would be, you know. Looking like a freak. <laughs> it's not stuff that people talk about. Although other stuff, you look at the you look at TV and people talk about such personal moments mm -hmm. and such personal things related to them. And then you talk about ghosts, which is, I mean, let's face it, people that are dead, but just not somewhere else where the rest of them are. <laughs> let's face it, they're just stuck here. And when you see them or you have experiences, you look like a freak. So of course it's a little bit, you know, I've lived some stuff, but I'm not going to. Oh, this raises an interesting uh, point about um, about this form of literature because effectively it does appeal to the voyeuristic uh, sensibilities of the audience, of the readers. Yeah. Yet it's about somebody watching the protagonist. It's almost ironic in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all about, you know... Being there, but not being there. Knowing something, but not really being sure of it. Because that's what, I, that's what I write about usually. I write something that at first you think this is what it is. You know, you think that's, that's what's happening, but then something else happens and it's like, like prejudice. You know what I mean? It's like you think that's what's going to happen and you think that person is like that, but then something else happens and it was just like a facade or whatever. It was just... Oh, that that's what like adventure fiction is all about though. Like you think yeah. you know what's gonna happen next, then poof something. Oh, but it happens. depends. It depends. Some some books, let's face it. <laughs> some books and some some short stories are just like <laughs> to the point and you think that's what's gonna happen and it happens. You know, let's face it. A lot of you know I don't know. I read a lot and I, I see a lot of maybe I'm I'm just I just can't figure out what's gonna happen, but a lot of things sometimes. All right. Well, did anything uh, special happen while you were writing visitors that changed your direction? 
What do you mean? <laughs> well, did um did you experience any problems writing it that, you know, you thought you were going to write it in such and such a way that this was going to happen, this was going to happen. Then you came to like some kind of juncture where you said, no, that's not going to work. I have to do it differently. Well, I wanted to, her to die at some point, but that didn't work. Because let's face it, I mean, what can a ghost do to you? Oh, well. I'm not talking about the movie. What is it? Paranormal activity? Okay. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. Talking about my thing. Um, from what I, I experienced and what my friends experienced, um, they can do nothing. Okay, I, I just hope they don't hear me right now. I'm going to freak out. You know what I mean? They just Nothing happens really. You just see them and just hear them. So I, I wanted her to die, and I was like, no, it's not going to work in a way if I if I kill her. I just wanted her to be like, this could go on forever. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yet there yeah. is closure at the end. Yeah. There's this guy that comes and yeah. Well, uh, okay. We won't go into that because we don't want to give away the ending, but I should tell, <laughs> I should tell the listeners here that uh, the reason why we keep referring to the protagonist of uh, visitors as her or she is because there's never a name given for this character in the story. Yeah. I want it to be like if, she just told this to a friend, you know what I mean? Mm. Like if if maybe this was recorded by a psychiatrist or somebody that could help her with this. It does have yeah. a very conversational tone to it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've, I've, um, um, I have a master's in screenwriting. <laughs> I've been writing scripts for like five years. So, of course, there's going to be that kind of, you know, it's conversing like, um, how do you call it? Not prose, but um, it, kind of it's, dialogue. It's like dialogue, yeah. Yeah, but that's me. I mean, I cannot change that. <laughs> I'm like that. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, okay. So you mentioned that you've been writing screenplays uh, for five years. Yeah. Uh, where might we have seen your work before? <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my god, that's so sad. Um, well, I wrote and directed and produced three shorts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've been finalist in a couple of contests, but I mean, it's it's who you know in that business. So that's why right now I'm writing um, novels because it's not. I know I, I felt like at some point I'm wasting my time. So I'm still working on a couple of things, horror, of course, but um, I don't know. It's just oh, it's so hard to break into that I'm just starting to uh, kind of lose faith, which is very sad. <laughs> I have a master's degree in screenwriting and still I'm like, oh, but you know, it's fine. I'm still, I'm still writing, so it's going to be good. Okay. Well, how long have you been writing uh, prose, like short stories and novels, that sort of thing? Well, I would say three years. Visitors was my first short story. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> and it got published. I was like, yay. So, yeah, I know. And the thing is that I, I really wanted to make films. I wanted to be a director. So all of my studies have been aimed at that kind of goal. And then I went to England to do my master's and I fell in love with writing. I just fell in love with it completely. And um, I was writing a lot of, uh, of course, scripts. And then I, I've, I thought of visitors and I, I wrote it when I came back here. And then, I don't know, since then, <laughs> I've written quite a few. Um, I, I'm writing my third novel right now. I have three collection of short stories. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what what else have uh, you done that's been published before? <laughs> that's it. 
because I've been concentrating so much on uh, my novels that you know how it is. It's so hard. I mean, it's it takes so much time to just like send stuff out. Right. You know the printing and the, oh, so yeah. That's right now for the last two three weeks. I've been sending stuff. I'm waiting to know if it's gonna work or not. But you know, I w- I'm just I'm always writing every day. <laughs> yeah. And so it's important for you to write every day, no matter what. Oh hell yeah, yeah. I haven't taken a vacation for the past six years, and I've except like a couple of days here and there. But I write, I would say, five to six hours a day. Wow. Yeah, I know. I live for it. I really fell in love with it. I just, you know, I used to go out and have a life. <laughs> now I'm just writing. Seriously, it's a bit sad, but I love it. I just love it. It's just, yep. Well, who are some of the screenwriters who uh, you'd say have been influences on you? Screenwriters? Oh, we can talk about writers if you want. <laughs> Not influence, but right now I'm, I have to talk about him because I'm just so in love with him. Neil Gaiman. Okay. Of course, you know him. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've just um, finished reading all of his books. I'm just oh, in awe with him. Oh, I love him. What is it that you uh, like about Neil Gaiman's uh, works that uh, that his you singled them out in particular? He's um, he can write about anything, and it's always good. It's for like kids, eight and up, and it's really good. It's for adults, it's really good. Everything, it's all, it's it's always magical. He's magic. He's really magical. I love him. I just do. What sets him apart from other writers that you've uh, been familiar with, though? Hmm. Everything. Like, you read just the first page, and you you really want to read the rest of it. Okay. And sometimes I find that a lot of books, it takes a good chapter or two okay. before that happens. I don't know. With Neil Gaiman, he's just a genius, I think. Hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what what other influences do you have? Well, I see a lot of films, so it's always very visual. Okay. And I think in film, I think, because I've been studying for so long. I think in film, I see it in film. So when I write something, I see it more than I think it. So you're a very visual writer. Yeah, I think I am. Although I'm, I'm really trying hard not to put too much description. <laughs> Because that's a, that's so annoying when you read a novel in full, like you know, descriptions. You know, that's an interesting point. There are some writers who do go, you know, the same route as say an HP. Oh, yeah, they go all the way. Yeah. Anne Rice, Lestat, come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Some some they just like go on and on for stuff that when I write, that's what I've been told so many times, and I'm, that's what I'm really trying to do now. I'm writing the way that I want to read it. Okay. The way that I'm writing it is something that I would like to read mm-hmm. instead of, you know, just writing it because it comes out of my head and my fingers or whatever, you know. So are you constantly thinking of the effect that it's going to have on the reader while you're writing? Hmm. No. I'm talking about the novel that I'm writing right now. No. I'm really writing it and I'm like, okay, do I want to know this? Do I want to see this? Do I want to hear her say this? You know what I mean? I really want it to be, because they say that you have to be passionate about it. They say, yeah, I know, who's they? But whatever. They say that you, you have to be passionate about it. You have to be, you have to write it for somebody like you. Okay. Really like love it. Okay. Instead of, I think that if you write it for somebody else, it's going to show, it's going to feel a bit forced, I think. All right. But I may not be right. <laughs> mm. 
Do you uh, write primarily in horror, or do you go for other genres as well? Oh, no, no, no. Right now I'm writing something for young adults. Okay. And it's kind of dystopian, kind of futuristic, not sci-fi, not sci-fi at all, but just like kind of future and dark. And I just like horror, though. I love vampires. I'm not talking about Twilight. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like, let the right one in. I don't know if you read it or saw it. Oh, my God, it's so good. I just like kind of when it's intelligent, when there's a good twist, a good plot, when the characters are interesting. Okay. You know, when they're not like what we used to see. Okay. Because I think that we're seeing a lot of things that comes around all the time right now, and it's always the kind of same thing, and I don't know. I just think that it's it's not a really good place to be right now for films and for some books. <laughs> I don't know. It's just very kind of um, sad. You raise a point about characterization here. Like, what is more important for you? Is it uh, are the characters really the most important thing, or uh, is the story's plot more important? I think it depends. It really depends on the genre and what you want to say about it. Hmm. Let's, for an example, Twilight. It's about the characters. It's really not about the plot. <laughs> You know what I mean? No, you, really... you raise a good point. Like, I'm familiar with those books, and it's true. Who isn't? Who isn't? I mean, we hear about it every day. It's just, it's driving me insane. <laughs> it's everywhere. And right now I'm trying, you know, I'm writing a, a book for young adults. And you look like at the agent's hot sheets, you know, the, what they want, and it's all about her. It's all about another Twilight. That's all they want. That's all. I mean, it's just, I don't know. But I think I prefer character if they do something intelligent. So the plot is always... You know, it's interesting. Like, um, Eleanor Roosevelt once said that great people talk about ideas. Average people talk about events. And very, very little people talk about people. Does that apply mm. for fiction, or...? I think it always depends. It depends on the voice. It depends on what you have to say. Hmm. Because, I mean, look at uh, one of my favorite books of all time is The Man Who Fell to Hurt. Okay. Who is it? Have you read it? I'm not familiar myself. Who wrote it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have it with me right now, but it's one of my favorite books. It's an alien that come, like, that falls on Earth and um, has gold and has to sell it so that he can have enough money to build back a spaceship and go back to his wife. Wait, there was a movie about that with David Bowie, right? Yeah, the, yeah but the movie is beyond crap. <laughs> it's so bad. But you have to read the book. The book is unbelievable. And you follow this guy, and I think this guy is the most important of the plot because the plot is too simple. But it depends. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it depends. It depends on the writer, of the voice. It depends of what the guy wants to say. You know, because some books, like look at Dan Brown. I mean, this is plot-driven because let's face it, the characters are not really. You know, there's one layer at most. <laughs> You're talking about but, Dan Brown, who wrote The Da Vinci Code and uh, yeah. and related works, of course. Yeah. All right. I mean, it's all about what's going on, but the characters, we have seen them a billion times. You know, there's nothing new about them. They're, but, they're stereotypes. Yeah. Well, you know, but look at him. How many millions of copies has he sold? That's what people want to read. That's what people like. Indeed. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, what do you do to get into a mood to write? Oh my God. Okay, I wake up, I put a little music, and I just write. That's it. I, I start to write at 7.30. I stop about 1.30, 2-ish, and that's it. 
I just put music on because I always have um, like one one thirty or two o'clock in the afternoon or in the morning. Yeah. No. Whoa. <laughs> That's not. No, in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I just. I don't know. I just have so many projects, and I just you know have one mind and have a focus, and you know. That's where I'm going. And when I go to bed at night, I know what I'm going to write the next morning. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to say? No. <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, actually, I should ask, uh, what advice do you have for people who want to start to get into writing? Oh, my God. Just write. I mean, literally, you just find, find a voice, find a good writer's circle with uh, generous people that read and send stuff. Okay. And just try to be lucky and knowing people, you know, because it's who you know, like everywhere else. So it's, you know, if you know people that can publish you or if you have friends who have friends, and that would be my, <laughs> literally, it would, that would be the biggest thing is to get out there and, oh, and meet people and go and mingle at those parties. And, oh, I hate doing that. <laughs> I don't think there's one writer out there that likes doing that. But anyway, I think it's part of the process. And yeah, so that would be it. But just write. Just, just keep writing all the time as much as possible. Oh, that is good advice for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way around it because I find it so funny. Some people are like, oh, yes, I'm a writer, but they never write. You know, they've written one book, and after that, oh, yes, I'm a writer, and they've been published, and everybody's like, oh, it was so good, but they cannot do it again. Oh, there are I plenty of people like that who've never written anything, period, but they still like to call themselves writers. Exactly, but it's a craft. I, I mean, I'm very, I'm, I'm very happy for those people that can write something, and it's good right away, but I, I think that the majority, you have to work really hard at it because it's craft. It's, it's, you have to learn. You have to learn from it. And the only way you learn from it, it's not necessarily by reading about it or maybe going to a few classes, but not, you know, overdoing it. It's about really writing, I think. Okay. Announcing Conjurations, a gaming convention to be held this spring in downtown Montreal, Saturday and Sunday, May 15th to May 16th. Role-playing games, miniatures, board games, LARPs, and much more. You can find more information at www.ggconventions.com, and if you're interested in running something, send an email to conjurations at ggconventions.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DiceCast. Polymancer Studios would like to remind you that we have a variety of publications covering a multitude of different subjects. As such, we are always looking for new and talented writers and artists. If you think you would like to join us on our journey, then please contact us and allow us the pleasure of seeing your talent. Until next time, this is the DiceCast. Well, that's all the time we have for this segment. You can find out more about who we are and what we do at our website, www.polymancer.com, as well as our main corporate website, www.polymancerstudios.com. You can also keep in touch with us by emailing us directly at dicecast at polymancerstudios.com, follow us on Twitter at polymancer, on Facebook at facebook.com slash polymancer, and myspace.com slash polymancer. 
The music for this segment, Fort Minor, Remember the Name, BYFH Remix by Chojin, Violated Instrumental by Technetium, Industrial March Beat, and Triple Layer Guitar in E by Neurowax are all released under a Creative Commons license. This episode is copyright 2010 Polymancer Studios Incorporated, released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works license, the full text of which is available at creativecommons.org. This episode may be copied or redistributed so long as it is done free of charge in unmodified form and due credit is given to the copyright owner. Dicecast is a trademark of Polymancer Studios Incorporated. The word Polymancer is a registered trademark of Polymancer Studios Incorporated. Thank you for listening to the Dicecast.